Welcome to We Drink and We Know Things, a weekly podcast doused in alcohol and lit with knowledge. Clinkies! Hello. Hello. What's up, everybody? Welcome to We Drink and We Know Things, the podcast. Episode 30. 30. Oh my gosh, it's our 30th time doing this damn thing. Our podcast is a literally, officially as old as me. Yep. Oh, very close to as old as me as well. It's yeah, very close. yeah, it's yeah. Very close. Yeah. Not quite, but very yeah, close. Yeah, you're old. Yeah. Well, all right. Older. Oh, those are the dogs. They're part of this podcast. I'm Andrea. And I'm Tom. I just realized that we don't really introduce ourselves anymore. We should do that. We're I the hosts like we of this do. show. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if you're listening, you probably already know who we are, but... Yeah. You might be yeah. jumping in on this episode, so. Which, why not? It's a good, it's going to be a banger of a fucking episode. We are. This is a collabo. Yeah. Yeah. Got the collabo going on this one. Yeah, so we try to do those like every 10 or whatever, and this is only the 30th, so this is, yeah. like, I think, this is essentially like our third collaboration if you count the live show. Yeah. Yeah. And for 20, we did. Slenderman. Yeah. And He's very the, slim. And then the real murder, so if you haven't listened to yeah. that one, go it's back and listen to that. But I think this one's going to be fun. Yeah, so we had been going back and forth about a lot of different things we wanted to cover because we didn't want to just pick like one small case that we would then have to like figure out how to break apart between the two of us or whatever. Yeah. The Slenderman one worked really well because there was a urban legend type folklore type thing and then there was a real murder. And Too then, bad there wasn't fucking 30 more exactly yeah, like that. I'm sure there's plenty. Sure. We just didn't dive deep enough. But we did go see... The new movie adaptation of the book Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark, which Slapped. are my fa- like I am obsessed. I I thought read the, those I thought as it was a kid. Awesome. Yeah, and so oh the movie, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And I we really wanted to go see it just because I just grew up reading those books. And I think actually last episode we talked about going. Yeah, I think we did. Yeah, we went. Oh my gosh, I took it or not. It was good. I paid. we could have totally snuck in there. By the way, you just said that you took me. I paid and I drove. Well, <laughs> put me on blast. It was there, the matinee. Babe. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, it was the matinee. Oh yeah, so, they didn't even okay. check our tickets. I don't know. No, what there that was, was nobody about. that we could have. We could have stayed at the movies all day. I was super nervous about because I had my little Why backpack purse and I had two cans of rosé mm-hmm. because booze at the movies is way too fucking expensive. So. And they didn't even have the fucking bar open. Yeah, you're yeah. supposed to be able to buy booze there, yeah. and they didn't. Which I thought, okay, after the movie gets started and it's like 5 o'clock, they'll open they'll, it. They no, didn't. They, they didn't. didn't. They totally didn't. But anyway, uh, we I don't know if this happens to any of you guys in your states, but recently we went to a movie and they like checked our bags before going in. They almost checked No, bags. they definitely checked my, tried to check my backpack purse once, remember? And then they were like, oh, it's small. It's your purse. It's fine. I think you're remembering it differently than I do. No, they were going to check. They were like, oh, can I yeah, see yeah, in your bag? They didn't see that I had one and then arm. I turned around. Yeah, they didn't see the big I ass one you had. I was the one fucking they, packing the heat. They asked to check mine. I turned around and they were like, oh, it's fine. It's your little person. Didn't see the huge one that we had yeah. probably. It was a full bottle of <laughs> wine and two beers, as I recall. It was a full ass <laughs> bottle of wine. Whole movie. Which we have come to call little bottles of wine, but they're actually the regular just regular bottles of wine. Uh, Between two people and you're a, you're a very large man. I'm a, I think I'm like moderately large. Yeah, I only say that because of our favorite movie. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Hashtag 
five-year engagement. And it took him a she long says, time to get married in that one. You're my very large man. I don't mm-hmm. know how say that. Anyway, so I was just stressed. I was like, okay, what if they check? And they didn't even take her freaking tickets. You could have just walked her happy like, I could have right had the bottle of my, in my hand. I was honestly so tempted to be like, can we just sneak into another movie? Because it would just be fun. Yeah, but we're not... Bad. I would totally. I know you would have if you were by yourself, probably. (laughs) Absolutely. I spent all day in the movie. But the thing with that is, you've got to find the one that's like not halfway through. You got to figure out which movie. Yeah. But anyway, cool story. Right. Reason that I brought that up is that seeing that movie inspired what we're going to talk about today together. But yeah, Yeah. before we jump into that, we are gonna try something new. Ooh. Shiny new stuff. Oh, am I? You want me to say it? Oh, well, (laughs) we find that we do this shit where we just kind of jibber jabber and we want to put it to a little bit, um, I think maybe just a little bit more productive. So we're both going to tell a little, little mini story to each other. Just like a news, some sort of news or something that we've seen that we saw that we want to like tell each other. Yeah. That, yeah. And so it'll be something that we will start with and that we're going to end with. Yeah, it's going to be lovely. don't know what it's going to be called and we're going to it's going to be a full ass segment though. We're going to have music. No. We're going to do a whole fucking no. thing. It's going to be like no. a talk show. It's going to be so good. It's not. But let us know if you like Wait, it see. and we'll start with yours. So tell me what you're going to oh, tell me. Yeah, we're starting with mine. Okay, so uh I saw this and I actually shared this on our Facebook the other day. The headline what the headline reads Scientists have made artisan vodka from contaminated grain grown in Chernobyl's radioactive exclusion zone. What? Yeah, so apparently a team of scientists has created vodka from rye grain grown within the Chernobyl exclusion zone. So that's like inside of wherever, you know. Yeah. yeah. Why would that even have... Hey, man. Holy Chernobyl. The (laughs) vodka is called Atomic. It's the first consumer product to be made within the exclusion zone. Professor Jim Smith from the University of Portsmouth in the United Kingdom and a team of researchers made the vodka because the distillation process actually removes radioactive impurities. But how do they know that? Fucking I'm not drinking it. Nope. 75% 75% of the profits will go back to communities affected by the disaster. Oh, okay, never mind. I'll buy So something. only one bottle exists right now, but this year they're planning to bottle and release 500 bottles. Oh, of... my God. They're going to be so fucking expensive. Oh, yeah. It's going to be like $100 a bottle. Easy. I bet more than that. Oh, I do too. I'm on that secondary market with that shit. It's going to be so It's expensive. probably like, I'm calling it. I bet it's like $1,000 a bottle. If 75% of that goes back, I would hope that it would be expensive like that. Well, yeah, it's going to be like enthusiasts and sure. rich ass people buying it. I mean, I'm kind hopefully. of a vodka guy this day. This, this I'm kind of a vodka guy these days. I would totally get down on some radioactive vodka. I don't know. That freaks me out. I literally, when I posted it on Facebook, I was like, pounds three shots to get superpowers. Because it's in you radioactive sound, you know, like Spider-Man mm-hmm. and the Hulk. Radioactive. Yeah. No? All right. Spider-Man got bit by a spider, though. A radioactive fucking spider. <laughs> Thank you. Maybe he was drinking the the vodka. Chernobyl was, the, vodka. The fucking spider was hammered on the vodka, right? <laughs> oh man! All right, that's fun. That's what it is. Yeah. What are you drinking? I am drinking Boda Box Rose. We're st- you're we're we're still on boxes. I'm actually drinking. It's fucking white. There ain't no law when you're drinking claws. Yeah, he's drinking white claws. I got three of them stacked and fucking loaded for this episode, bro. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Let us know what you think about that, guys. Uh, Just fucking shout out in the comments, bro. Had to take a break from the... I know we've already said this, but I'm still not ready to get back on the Franzia. I could honestly live the rest of my life and never taste that wine again. We drank so much of it. I mean, I could probably buy a box tomorrow, but... And I would would drink half the box (laughs) the first night. Facts. But I'm just on a rosé kick right now. Summer, it's hot out. I like the rosé. Okay. So, what we're going to be talking about today is multiple things. Sure. I guess the only really, the real way to describe what we're talking about is urban legends. Urban legends. The popular ones. and Big ones. Or some that we think some are them, cool, that we're into. Huge, yeah. yeah. And maybe just some of the backstory as to why they became a thing. And maybe even some real life shit that maybe did happen that sort of made the urban legend happen. Nice. Right? Yeah. I'm excited. Cool. I am too. So, so. we are going to start with. One of my favorites that I grew up knowing, Bloody Mary. Oh, shit. I would love one. Thank you so much. (laughs) Not the cocktail. Oh, just kidding. Bloody Mary is like a folklore legend, which sort of vibes a lot around like ghosts, phantom, a spirit. She is said to appear in a mirror when her name is chanted repeatedly. The Bloody Mary apparition may... Can you imagine how many brunches she shows up at? (laughs) I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> so the Bloody Mary apparition may be. Oh, sorry. Like Microsoft. Ben- oh, my God. Stop. Sorry. Maybe benign or malevolent, depending on which variation of the legend you know and I guess play by or whatever. So growing up, I like knew all about the Bloody Mary thing where you go into the bathroom and, you know, you say your name and we'll get more mm-hmm, into that. Mm-hmm. But I didn't know this. Historically the ritual was encouraged to young women, okay, for them to walk up a flight of stairs backwards holding a candle and a mirror. (laughs) So they have a mirror in one hand and a candle in the other, and it's dark, and they're walking backwards upstairs. Makes sense. Safe. In a dark house. Definitely OSHA. And as they gaze into the mirror, they were supposed to be able to catch a view of their future husband's face, which I had never... That's a lot. That. That's a lot of risk. You know how many burned little girls probably happened. Well, they really wanted to know who they were going to marry. He's so handsome. However, with this, there was a chance that they would see a skull. Oh no! Or the face of the Grim Reaper. Oh no! And that meant that they would die before they would ever have a chance to marry. Bum, bum, bum. Which was kind of like I didn't know that. Yeah, like I, I thought I'd heard something like that, but I don't think I've heard that. But in like today's ritual i don't even like calling it a ritual but game i guess you would say is that bloody mary allegedly appears to individuals or groups who invoke her by repeatedly chanting her name into a mirror usually in a bathroom placed with like a dimly lit candle or a candlelit room in my case growing up i don't maybe we took a candle in i don't remember there being any light in some traditions, the name has been repeated 13 times. That's a bit much. When I was growing up and we played the game, it was three times. I can't say a word 13 times and it still makes sense to me. <laughs> <laughs> the Bloody Mary apparition allegedly appears as a corpse, witch, or ghost. I don't want any of those showing up in my bathroom. And is seen covered in blood. Oh, good, good, good. In the mirror. Sometimes you see it in front of you in the mirror and sometimes you see it behind you. Which I do not enjoy at all. Any of that would fuck me up. 
Imagine just saying some words and then a fucking ghost just popping up covered in blood in your bathroom. Right? Well, you're Fuck doing off. that. It's, if you're doing it, you're, you're yeah, asking that's what for you it. want to happen. And Why would you want that you to happen? Do that. I don't know. Because I feel like it was all little girls sleepovers that were doing it. Like you it. boys were not doing that. And we're over there it. being like, Bloody Mary, Bloody Mary, Bloody Mary. Weird. Like weirdos. Now y'all are all obsessed with so, true crime podcasts. Surrounding that, if you did it, you would most likely endure the apparition screaming at you, Mm-mm. cursing you, nope. strangling you, oh. stealing your soul, or drinking your blood. Oh, or those, scratching your eyes out. Those got so much worse as you went. Yeah. It was like, she's going to scream or she's going to steal your fucking soul. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, as a little kid, when I did it, it, I guess it usually is popular between the ages of, I would say, what, like nine and 12 or 13. Sure. You would know better than me. I mean, I did it. I remember doing it yeah. with my sister and you walk into the room and say Bloody Mary three times and, you know. And then maybe a fucking ghost witch will steal your soul. But Despite all of that, like, basic and just the little game that, you know, Mm -hmm. I assume little girls play or boys, whatever. I think you have. Yeah, I got a little bit of of info here. History of where it actually. Some of the backstory of like where this actually might have. While the folklore may be fabricated, the woman behind the mirror and the story of Bloody Mary was as real and as can be and a royal figure at that. This is one of the this is one of the people theories. that it yeah. potentially Bloody Mary came from. Known later in life as Queen Mary the First, the first Queen Regent of England, the legendary monarch now known as Bloody Mary was born on February the eighteenth, fifteen hundred sixteen, in Greenwich, England. Fifteen sixteen. Fifteen hundred sixteen. Yes. Fifteen sixteen uh, sounds cooler. Fifteen hundred sixteen. Okay. Yeah, she was born in England at the Palace of Placentia. Which, what? I swear to God, it says placenta. I mean, all my life, placentia is where she was born. Great. English people, what's up? Explain this. I'm only pseudo-English. The only child of King Henry VIII and Catherine of Aragon, Mary's lifetime of shame over her femininity began at a young age of 17 when her father annulled his marriage to her mother, frustrated by the lack of a male heir to the throne. This left oh. young Mary totally separated from her mother and forbidden from ever visiting her again. From the mother ever visiting her again? Yeah. She's like, he, King Henry was like, no, you're never seeing your mom again. Since her teen years, Mary had been plagued with terrible menstrual pains and irregularity in her cycles, which would be attributed to her eventual physical and psychological stress later in life. Mm-hmm. She was also known to be struck with deep and frequent periods of melancholia depressive spells which would stay with her throughout her relatively short life despite all the odds and affliction stacked against her mary did eventually take the throne in 1553 at the age of 37 and promptly married philip of spain in the hopes of conceiving an heir all right so this dude was 10 years younger than her and it was no way excited to reciprocate her amorous feelings philip fulfilled his negotiated duties expected of a royal marriage, and two months later, Mary's greatest wish came true. She was with child. He fulfilled. 
He fulfilled. <laughs> Good one. Despite displaying the usual symptoms of pregnancy, including a swelling of the breasts and an ever-growing abdomen, the public remained suspicious of the queen's recent good fortune, and it didn't take long for rumors of a false pregnancy to start spreading. Yeah, I remember there was like a whole thing that like everybody in the town like believed she couldn't get pregnant. Right, well, she's also, I mean, yeah. And yeah. they didn't believe, they were like, no, maybe it's because she was older. I don't know. They were like, there's no way. Yeah. She's not I mean, pregnant. I mean, in 1500s to be 37, having a kid. Yeah. Maybe ancient. I mean, whoa. In a time without pregnancy tests and in which doctors could not examine a sitting monarch, only time would tell if these rumors were born of any truth. Until then, when the people of England and Spain kept tabs on Mary, until then, the people of England and Spain kept tabs on Mary with a watchful eye. And so they waited. In customary fashion, Mary went into a private chamber where she was confined for six weeks before her expected due date of May the 9th. I think that was like a thing back then, right? When you were about to have a baby, they were like, okay. And they yeah. They like put you in the room and you prepare to have a baby. So there was a bunch. So she, you know, you go under, you, you vanish for a few weeks and you come out with a baby, right? So there were a bunch of reports that she had delivered a boy and others were stating that she had died in childbirth. Or that her swollen midsection were simp- like was a tumor rather than a pregnancy. So yeah. there's all this stuff lying around. Yeah. However, one thing was for sure. Her stomach began to shrink. Unable to explain or understand what was happening to her body, she continued to wait as those around her slowly lost hope. So she didn't have a baby. Right. In this story. But she totally had like the symptoms of it to her. Right. To, every, to you her. Know, whatever. Yeah. Then her stomach shrinks and there's, yeah, no baby. In August, so she went, you know, she went in there in, you know, end of May, June or whatever. She comes out in August. She was childless and alone. Uh So she believed that God was punishing her for failing in a mission she sent out to achieve in that was that was having a kid. Mm -hmm. At the time of Mary's pregnancy, the people of England were divided between the Protestants and Catholics. Mary, determined to unite her people under the true religion of the land, took action by signing a short by signing an act shortly before Christmas in 1554 that re- result in the Marian persecutions, in which an estimated 240 men and 60 women were sentenced as Protestants and burned at the stake, oh. earning her the name Bloody Mary. Well, fuck forevermore. In, yeah bitch yeah you're gonna do that so to this day the tale of bloody mary queen of england remains one of the most infamous cases of supposed um phantom pregnancy right yeah Yeah. weird but there's also i think two other people that have been said is there more that you want to read off of that uh no she died of she died when she was 42 and she also claimed to be pregnant again later on but she wasn't okay but there's i know there's two other sad stories actually there's a lot of different names that bloody mary can it's also been called by but other than mary tudor or mary first of england or whatever also elizabeth bathory also known as the queen of blood was supposedly convicted for murdering hundreds of young girls so that she could bathe in their blood that's fucking metal what a time to live when you're like man i wonder if i fucking put a bunch of blood in a bathtub yeah, it reminds me of Something uh, cool will American Horror me. Story. I think that's probably what they're drawing from. And then there was another person named Mary Worth, who was, in this version, is a ghost of a witch named Mary Worth, who dabbled in the dark arts, abducting young girls, and kills them and puts their blood on them, her to like maintain her youth. And eventually, around the time of the Civil War, locals discovered there was a witch in their midst and took matters into their own hands. And she was dragged outside, tied to a stake, and burned. 
Oof. Many believe that her body was burned on her own farmland and that because of this, the land is now cursed. Eventually, Mary Worth's spirit was apparently absorbed into a mirror and is now summoned whenever young girls have slumber parties and go in. So that's like where uh, that okay, one comes yeah, from okay, or okay, whatever. Okay, yeah. Okay, 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 okay. Also, don't bathe in in blood. Don't kill people. Yeah, You know, right? it's pretty... There's also that if you stare into a mirror in a dimly lit room for a long time, it can cause you to hallucinate. This is like the sci- like yeah. oh, scientific like, yeah. reasoning bet- by reason why somebody might go into a room. Yeah. And think that they see something, right? Yeah, I believe that's what it's going to say, yeah. Facial features may appear to melt, distort, disappear, and rotate, while other hallucinatory elements such as animals or strange faces may appear. Giovanni Caputo (laughs) of the University of Urbino, hey man, writes that this phenomenon, which he calls the strange face illusion, is believed to be a consequence of disassociative identity effect, which causes the brain's facial recognition system to misfire in a currently unidentified way. Other possible explanations for the phenomenon include illusions attributed at least partially to the perceptual effects of Troxler's fading Uh and possibly self-hypnosis. And we all know Troxler's fading. I mean, duh. This is we drink and we know things. We obviously know that. (laughs) We obviously know what that means. No, it's just crazy that the whole thing could be chalked up to like your eyes playing tricks on you and shit. Yeah. I mean, I've seen a bunch of shit that wasn't there in the dark before. Ooh. All right. I mean, you guys haven't? <laughs> That's normal, right? So to close out Bloody Mary before we move on to our next one, I looked up like people's personal Bloody Mary stories. Oh. And I just thought we could read a couple, one or yeah. two before we move on. Yeah. Uh, I'll start with one. Marissa and her friend had just finished watching an eerie episode of Ghost Whisperer. Ooh, spooky. It's just Mar- a ghost floating around there. Hey, can you hear me? Hey, can you hear me now? I got a secret. Can you hear me now? I got a really cool secret. Can you hear me now? This is an ASMR. Marissa wanted to scare her friend with one of her favorite activities, which was the Bloody Mary game. What are your hobbies? I love trying to summon this dead (laughs) witch at night. So Marissa looked into her living room mirror, spun three times saying, Bloody Mary, Bloody Mary, Bloody Mary. No ghost appeared. So she went to the bathroom to try again. Against the warning of her friend, Marissa shut off the lights, closed the door, and repeated the chant. When she looked into the mirror this time, there was still nothing. Disappointed, she was about to flip on the light when she caught a glimpse of something. She looked closer and discovered a black and white woman with her mouth open wide. (laughs) Marissa expected a scream from the apparition, but found only dead, terrifying silence oh that's even worse the woman in the mirror lifted her arms and marissa saw that her hands were bright red not with nail polish but with blood Blood. some of her fingernails were chipped and a bunch of her fingernails had actually been torn all the way off oh hands reached out from behind marissa and grabbed her shoulders she screamed turned on the light and ran from the bathroom yeah that's apparently somebody's own stupid ass don't be summoning fucking bloody mary bro i mean if i had ever had like an ugh Nope. No. No. Nope. That's so fucking nope. scary. Oh, my God. I shit my pants. I'd be glad I was in the bathroom. Oh, God. Because I would shit my fucking pants. Okay. How about you read one? Okay. One night, Kelsey's friend had a slumber party. The girls dared one of their crew to try calling Bloody Mary in the bathroom. They're a gang. Well, the crew. They've got a crew. They're the Bloody Marys. <laughs> oh, that was fucking good. You funny motherfucker. <laughs> the friend accepted. 
glibly confident that the supposed ghost could do her no harm. Fifteen minutes passed as the other girls waited for something to happen. Read it normal. <laughs> I am. What are you talking about? This is my reading voice. Oh, my God. But there were no signs of Bloody Mary to be found. Okay. Then they heard the girl scream. She tried to get out of the bathroom and was stuck. Even Ugh. though the door didn't have a lock on it. Okay? Oh, no. When Kelsey and her friends finally got the Mary Summoner out... She was crying and whimpering. Well, who the fuck wouldn't be? She showed the girls her arms. They were covered in scars that had never been there before. Ooh, scars. Yeah, that scars means like shit up. that's old. She was in there for six years is a fucking weird part of no! that. No! <laughs> <laughs> to this day, Kelsey has not been able to get her friend to speak of what happened to her that night. Shit, all right. Fuck, bro. Uh, yeah, so that's Bloody Mary. Bloody Mary, Bloody you know, Mary, Bloody Mary. <laughs> I just spun around 13 times. Well, no. wait, I'm supposed to say it 13 times? No. Fuck. Well, the way I used to play was you go in to the bathroom mm-hmm. with the mirror and you spin mm-hmm. three times. Or no, I don't think we ever spun. We just said her name three times and look at the I mirror. I think you're supposed to be slightly delirious so you can see the ghost. Yeah, just spin <laughs> 27 times. Get fucking dizzy take as 17 fuck. shots. Get fucked up on dizziness. Squint into the <laughs> mirror. Squinting Tarantino into the fucking Tell mirror. Tell me what you see. Yeah. <laughs> you going to try it later? Don't worry about what I'm going to do later. Oh, no. Please I gotta don't take a after this. demon into our house. So the next one that I think we're going to jump into is... Let's jump in. Dip a tit. The Hook. Ooh. The Hook Man. With Robin Williams, the feature film from 1990. No, oh. not The Hook oh. from Peter Pan. Oh, not okay, Captain bad. Hook. My bad. There are plenty of different renditions and stories of this. <laughs> I'm... Of this story. I'm going to give a little bit of just the general legend story that i think we probably all know to catch us all up okay the basic premise involves a young couple cuddling in a car with the radio playing and a little, uh, little over the pants play you think a little i'll touch your own my hair <laughs> yeah <laughs> just a tip yeah. <laughs> suddenly dip a, a, tip. a news bulletin reports that a serial killer has <sighs> just escaped from a nearby institution the killer has a hook for one of his hands and for varying reasons, they decide to either leave quickly and in some varia- variations, the killer's hook is found hanging from the door handle. Ooh. You know, because the girl's like, and one of them that I was listening to, he was really trying to get it in. And the girl was like, I want to go. And he was like, Let's go. it's fucking fine. I'm just going to lock the doors. And she was like, there's okay, a fucking serial killer. And okay, he's but like, you're let's giving- just go. Yeah, but you're giving me a handy on the way. And then basically. I mean, that's what it is. I brought <laughs> they- you all the way out here. And then basically they get to where he's dropping her off and he come, gets out the car to go let her out. And the fucking hook is like, oh, Jesus. And she was just like, told ya. you know, I don't know. <laughs> but then there's also different variations, including like a scraping sound on their car door. That's what I've always heard. Or some versions start the same way, but have the couple spotting the killer, warning each others and then, you know, narrowly escaping the killer, blah, blah, blah. In probably one of the main versions, the couple drive through an, an unknown part of the their countryside, whatever, late at night and mm-hmm. stop in the middle of the woods because they want to, you know, get, get freaky. freaky. <laughs> get very freaky. And um, then the same thing, the girl turns on the radio, hears this thing, and instead of them getting to this cool spot to, like, make out, their car breaks down and the dude is like, okay... You just stay here, lock the doors. I'm going to go get us help. 
Right. You know, it's fine. You'll be fine. And then so he goes to get help middle of the night, whatever. As you do. Leaves Probably the girl. Not leaves a leaves great the girl. Plan. But, you know, her <laughs> doors are locked and she ends up eventually hearing what she thought was rain on the top of the car oh, and no. she falls asleep. And the next morning she's awoken to a cop at the car being like, hey, you okay? And she's like, whoa, what? oh, morning. Yeah, but where's my boyfriend? I hope my boyfriend's okay. And he's like, ma'am, I need you to get out of the car and walk with me and do not look back. And then as the story oh, goes, I know, yeah. It her curiosity rain, gets the best of her. As they approach the cop car, she turns around and she sees her boyfriend hanging from the tree above the car. And what she heard was the dripping of the blood. And he's been Fuck, like, that's so fucking murdered. Mad. Same sort of vibe. And she's like, ah, whatever, you know. What does she do? Ah. <laughs> <laughs> she roared whatever. like a little baby. So there's cat. like different versions of that. Of the legend of the hook, I guess okay. that's sort of the legend. Ah, the legend. There's actually even one in Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. I was also going to say this sounds like I know what you did last summer. Well, dude had a yeah. hook, right? Yeah, I mean, and you know, same with a couple of the other le- legends, Scream, and some other like super famous movies come from a lot of that. So yeah, nice. So yeah, I think that I know what you did last summer probably vibes off that a little bit too for sure so the origins of the hook legend are not entirely known though according to folklorist and historian jan harold brunvand Mm. the story began to circulate sometime in the 1950s in the united states according to brunvand in (laughs) the vanishing hitchhiker american urban legends and their meanings uh, the story had become widespread amongst American teenagers by 1959 and continued to expand into the 60s. Mm-hmm. Snopes writer David Mickelson has speculated that the legend might have roots in real-life Lovers Lane murders, such as the 1946 Texarkana Moonlight Murders. Weren't we just talking about yeah. Texarkana? Yeah. Another night, I was. we were talking about it, and I said that I thought a lot of the stuff from the hook... Um, Came, came from the from that's that, what it was uh, yeah. it's the story the movie the the town that that dreaded sundown yeah there it is and yeah. it it totally plays off of the whole lover's lane except for that at one point in one of the variations dude like does some fucked up shit with a like a tuba oh yeah like, yeah or a, not a tuba yeah. a trombone it's a trombone and yeah. it's so fucked and so fucking weird Stupid. but i i don't but yeah there's obviously many things that play off of this like yeah. you said I know you did last summer. I'm sure yeah. is based off of that as well. Yeah. Uh, the first known publication of the story occurred November 8th, 1960, when a reader letter telling the story was reprinted in Dear Abby, which is a old school popular advice column. Yeah, that was like when kids used to like write in and stuff. Yeah. And, like, at, and Had stationary, like, did the whole thing, questions? new cursive. Yeah. <laughs> but they were, I think they would ask her questions yeah. and get advice and stuff, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I think so, yeah. Yeah. Dear Abby, if you are interested in teenagers, you will print this story. <laughs> Creepy. I don't know whether it's true or not, but it doesn't matter because it served its purpose for me. A fellow and his date pulled into their favorite lover's lane to listen to the radio and do a little necking. Necking? Necking. Oh, the necking. The music was interrupted by an announcer who said there was an escaped convict in the area who had served time for rape and robbery. He was described as having a hook instead of a right hand. The couple became frightened and drove away, 
When the boy took his girl home, he went around to open the car door for her. Then he saw a hook on the door handle. I will never park to make out <laughs> as long as I live. I hope this does the same for other kids. <laughs> Signed, Jeanette. Oh my God. So that was like the. Um, that was the original. That was the first time it was ever published. Yeah, yeah. Anywhere, which yeah. was, I guess I was given the overview. Yeah. And, but that was written to the. To Dear Abby. Dear Abby. Oh, my God. Uh, Literary scholar (laughs) Christopher Pittard traces the plot dynamics of the legend to Victorian literature, particularly in the 1913 horror novel The Lodger by Mm. Mary Adelaide Bellick Lowndes. Though the two narratives have little in common, he notes that both are built upon a threefold relationship of crime, dirt, and chance. (laughs) Whatever, dude. <laughs> Such a reading also implies a reconsideration of the history, historical trajectory of the urban legend, usually read as a product of postmodernist consumer culture. Okay. So, you know, <laughs> we get it. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was also, um, wasn't it main, like often used as a... You kids better not go yeah, out there and like make out. Yeah, like a sex deterrent to like, yeah. be like, don't you do it. Well, to me, that kind of makes it exciting. Like, are we going to get out? Are we going to get hooked? Oh, are we going to get hooked, babe? Oh, God. See so, what I did there? something that I found while... Speaking of hook, it's claw season. I'm taking a little slurp of my white claw here. That's not sponsored, but imagine if it was. Banger. I hated that so You're welcome. <laughs> That's the end of the ad. Great. <laughs> no. So, while getting stuff ready for that specific urban legend... Which I just knew about. Supposedly, there's a true story of something that did happen that sort of, for some reason, links back to this, like, hook, the hook thing. Okay. So I figured, why not why the touch fuck on not? it? Why the fuck not? In the 1920s in Hawaii, there was a guy named Dr. James Morgan who built a villa on Old Pally Road in Hawaii. Okay. Okay. And his estate was hidden behind trees and plants that grow rapidly in this specific valley. And he had a neighbor nearby named Teresa Wilder, who was I'm Wild not gonna I'm not gonna give her address because why not? I mean, because why? <laughs> why not? <laughs> Let's go to her house. But on March seventeenth, nineteen forty eight, the Honolulu Star Bulletin released front news headlines about Quote, the murder of Miss Teresa Wilder. So James Majors, 21, and John Palakiko, 19, escaped from the Oahu prison and ended up at the home of the Wilders. They broke into their home in search of food because they were super hungry and apparently they could smell what she was cooking through the windows. So they broke in to get food. Damn good cook. She heard the noise and concerned. She went to check out what it was. The two men then beat her, strangled her, and left her body on her bed. God damn. Took her food from the kitchen. Her body was discovered four days later. She'd have probably let y'all have a plate. <laughs> I mean, you did not have to kill her. Her It's Hawaii. Aren't they all fucking nice there? Not these dudes. I mean, ooh. Her body was discovered four days later by her gardener. And as for John Palakiko... He was arrested the next day after being caught for stealing a car, and James Majors ran for two days more and tried to commit suicide by drinking iodine, which then he was taken to Queens Hospital. And later, James and John confessed to the murder of 
Teresa Wilder, and they both were sentenced to death, which actually never happened. And they were actually both ended up released on parole in 1963. The fuck, though? So despite none of that making, like, any sense in regards to the hook or whatever, it, it somehow there ended up being this urban legend, which was really started to be called Morgan's Corner because James Morgan was the one that built this villa and it would be the place where the kids would go to, like, neck and drink and, you know, do okay. all that. And yeah. so this story sort of gets tied into this space where, like, people think that this stuff happened there, but the real murder was actually of these two guys escaping prison and murdering this woman other than that there really isn't any other yeah Yeah. but it still ties back into that story weirdly enough just because of this specific place where these kids go to make out and whatever and i guess the story is just circulated yeah also didn't the zodiac killer like kill people that were there was that couple that were just like having like a little time together and they got murked in their car didn't the zodiac killer like kill a couple in their car while they were making out i am i tripping or is that just a movie i no, saw or something? I, I think so i think so. all i can think of now is the town that dreaded sun town and like texarkana and all that's all i can yeah. think of now so yeah i mean just to kind of <laughs> close out the hook these like i had this little found this little bulleted list of just the like generic ser- scenarios that are all the same mm-hmm. for what ends up being part of the story or gets people to think that their town story whatever and it was a couple parks on a dark, isolated road, or in parentheses, lover's lane. Ooh. The car won't start, or the girlfriend gets spooked. Sure. The boyfriend says, he'll go get help, or he tells her not to go out no matter what. Also, he doesn't return. He never comes back. There's a strange scratching or tapping sound on the car roof. Finally, the police help her out, but tell her not to look back. And lastly, there's usually if not a boy hanging from a tree. So those are kind of all the general. Yeah, the, the generalities of that the are hook part man. of the Hookman story. Fucking Hookman. So. How'd he get him in those trees? Yes. How's he getting him up Without her trees? even hearing a thing. He just tossing him up there? Like he didn't hear there? a scream or a, anything. Hoisting him up there? Yeah. I don't know how he's doing it. Interesting. Huh. Hook. Oh, hook. Oh, hook. <laughs> Stupid. So now I think you're going to yeah. give me one little solo i'm gonna give you one and then we're gonna kind of close out with one together right yeah i think so i think that's the way it's gonna go so next we're gonna talk about the bunny man i want to feel like this is a happy story we both know it's not but it's not uh it's an urban legend that originated from two incidents in fairfax county virginia in 1970 but is also spread into like the dc area okay yeah most uh, iterations of this involve a man wearing a rabbit costume who attacks people with an axe. Oh, no. Yep. Bunnies are so cute. Don't do that. Well, no, he's just... What I just said is he's just wearing a rabbit costume. And I know, but people. if I see somebody in a bunny costume, I'm like, Easter bunny. Yep. But then you're going to pull out an axe. You're ruining it. Yeah, yeah. This is some Tyler... This is some, like... Um, uh, you're gonna say Tyler Durden. I was. I don't know why. Yeah, I meant to say Donnie <laughs> some, Darko. Some Fight Club. <laughs> this is some Fight Club shit. Put on a bunny suit. Hack a guy up. Make some soap. Make some soap out of the bunnies. Oh no. Oh no. The legend has circulated for years in a lot of different ways. A version naming a suspect and specific location was posted to a website in the late 1990s by Timothy C. Forbes. 1990s. 1990s. 
This version states that in 1904, an asylum near Clifton, Virginia... Oh, 1900s. A website in the late 1990s posted that in 1904... Oh, okay. Welcome back. An asylum near Clifton, Virginia was shut down due to a petition uh, by growing population of residents in Fairfax County during the transfer of inmates to a new facility... One of the 15 transports crashed. Most, including the driver, were killed, but 10 inmates escaped. A search party found all but one of them. Oh, okay. So during this time, locals allegedly began to find hundreds of cleanly skinned, half-eaten carcasses of rabbits hanging from trees in the nearby forest. Another search of the area was ordered, and the police located the remains of Marcus Walster left in a similar fashion to the rabbit carcasses, <gasps> hanging in a nearby tree. Also, it said that he was all, they found him under a bridge overpass, also known as the Bunny Man Bridge. So, oh. Along the railroad tracks, at, and the, this bridge was uh, along the railroad tracks at Colchester Road. Officials named the last missing inmate Douglas J. Griffin as their suspect, and called him the Bunny Man. In this version, officials finally managed to locate Griffin, but during their attempt to apprehend him at the overpass, he nearly escaped before being hit by an oncoming train <gasps> where the original transport had crashed when he was oh. a prison inmate. Yeah. Supposedly, after the train passed, the police heard laughter. Ew. It was eventually revealed that Griffin had been institutionalized for killing his family on Easter Sunday. No. Come on. What the fuck? For years after the bunny man's death in the time of approaching like Halloween, carcasses are said to be found hanging mm. from the overpass and from trees in the surrounding area. A figure like was reportedly seen by pedestrians making their way through the one lane bridge tunnel. The real origin of this story, I don't the, like so any of it. the Fairfax County Public Library historian archivist Brian A. Conley extensively researched the Bunny Man legend. He has located two incidents of a man in a rabbit costume threatening people with an axe. Oh, good. The vandalism reports occurred a week apart in 1970 in Burke, Virginia. The first incident was reported the evening of October 19th, 1970 by U.S. Air Force Academy Cadet Robert Benet and his fiance, who were visiting relatives in Burke, Around midnight, while returning from a football game, they reportedly parked their car in a field on Guinea Road to visit an uncle who lived across the street from where the car was parked. Okay. Okay. As they sat in the front seat with the motor running, they noticed something moving outside the rear window. Moments later, the front passenger window was smashed, and there was a white-clad figure standing near the broken window. (laughs) Bennett turned the car around, or Benet, while the man screamed at them about trespassing, included, you're on private property, I have your tag number. As they drove down the road, the couple discovered a hatchet on the car floor. Well, he fucking wasted his hatchet to break that window. Yeah. When the- also, what the fuck? It's just like the Easter Bunny is like, you're, fuck been, you. you're my fucking turf, bruh. Get off my lawn. No. I don't when like the it. police requested a description of the man, uh, Benet insisted, insisted that he was not incesting. He was not incesting with his fiance. They <laughs> oh, were not related. No. Sorry, dude. Uh, the guy insisted he was wearing a white suit with long bunny ears. However, 
Benet's fiance contested their assailant did not have bunny ears on his head, what? but was wearing a white a white suit, a white fancy suit of some sort. I don't know what that fucking word is. Weird. They both remember seeing his face clearly, but in the darkness they could not determine his race. The police returned the hatchet to Benet after examination. Benet was required to report the incident upon his return to the Air Force Academy. So the second sighting occurred on Weird. October 29th. How does one of you see fucking Bunny floppy ears. ass ears? In yeah. The so this one's uh, like 10 days later on October 29th when a construction security guard called Paul Phillips approached a man standing on the porch of an unfinished home in Kings Park West on Guinea Road. So right in the same area. Phillips said the man was wearing a gray, black, and white bunny costume. He was about 20 years old, 5'8", and weighed about 175 pounds. I never understand how people do that. Like, if I saw somebody just in passing and they were like, can you tell me their height and their weight and their age? I'd be like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. He was a human-sized human. Taller than me and older or younger than me and white or not white (laughs) there's this kid in a bunny costume and he begins chopping at a porch post with a long handled axe saying you are trespassing if you come any closer i'll chop off your head good to the security guard great man the fairfax county police opened investigations into both incidents but both were eventually closed for lack of evidence In the week following the incidents, more than 50 people contacted the police claiming to have seen the Bunny Man. Several newspapers, including the Washington Post, reported that the Bunny Man had eaten a man's runway cat. The Post articles mentioned this incident where the Bunny Man costume sought in Fairfax, the the rabbit reappears, Bunny Man scene, and Bunny reports are multiplying. So, there's that. What? Yeah. Runway cat? Runaway cat. Run away. Runaway cat. Runaway cat. Runaway cat. I thought you said runway cat. I'm like, it's just a, a badass. Just, a model cat. Mm, like mm, I don't. Mm. What do you mean? <laughs> she just walks the. She walks the runway. The cat. The catwalk. Oh. <laughs> so that's a little story about the bunny man, and those two crazy dudes wearing rabbit suits, with axes and shit. I really don't like it. Like I really don't like it. Yeah, it's kind of bizarre. I love bunnies, and I don't like anything negative about rabbits that's i'd never heard that one yeah we i think we both kind of were new to it when we saw it the other day and i think we just decided like what that we did we were gonna tell the story of like this crazy video game that came out in portland mm-hmm. oregon yeah. for like a month i really couldn't it, wrap my brain around it and it like killed people and stuff What's uh it polybius yeah which is named after like a like a deep thinker, like Aristotle type dude. If anybody's interested in that, email us because maybe it's we'll, pretty cool. It, it, it kind of piggybacks off of like MK Ultra and some other stuff, which was like some weird government experiment shit during the Cold War. It's pretty interesting. Probably more of something you would cover. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I, I don't, I don't know. That. I I tried to read into it. And, it know. even touches on like the Men in Black and all kinds of stuff. It's pretty interesting. Here comes the Men in Black. Here they come. I mean, you know. Why not? All right, so I've got one to sort of close off. Let's do it. The one that I'm going to tell you, you've probably heard of, mm. and most of our listeners have probably heard of, but it all, it's its about a clown. My favorite. Which I fucking hate. 
clowns. I fucking hate clowns. Like, it's my... I fucking hate clowns. It's my snakes, Tindina Jones. Like, why did it have to be okay. clowns? I like that. Right? Yeah. So it all starts... Can you this... imagine falling in a pit of clowns? No! <laughs> no. Like, just their noses. So many big shoes. And their horns. Yeah, y'all go ahead. Just kill me. Yeah, I'm good. Just kill me. Cardiac arrest. This story, I think, probably kind of dates back further than this, but it really started to circulate around 2006 when... Remember when people would send like chain emails? Yeah. And they would have like the follow up, like, do this or you're going to die. Rare better you're going to. I think I did win the lottery. And I didn't get what I was supposed to get when I did it. So I was like, fuck these for life. Well, it was very popular in that, you know, like tags, whatever, or not even tag at the time. It was just like, get so, email so many friends and you'll win a million dollars or whatever. Yeah. Well, this story i guess accumulated into one of these emails and so i'm going to read the email the email the email that was circulating at the time and then talk a little bit about it let's talk about it so subject forward clown this creepy or what (laughs) that's how it starts oh good a few years ago so this was like the forward this is the story right Okay, okay a few years ago a mother and a father decided they needed a break So they wanted to head out for a night on the town. So they called their most trusted babysitter. When the babysitter arrived, the two children were already fast asleep in bed. So the babysitter just got to sit around and make sure everything was okay with the children. Oh, lucky. Right? Later in the night, the babysitter got bored. And so she wanted to watch TV, but she couldn't watch it downstairs because they didn't have cable downstairs. Oh, this house is bullshit. In parentheses. The parents didn't want their children watching too much garbage. So she called them and asked them if she could watch cable TV in the parents' room. Of course, the parents said it was okay, but the babysitter had one final request. What was it? She asked if she could cover up the large clown statue in their bedroom with a blanket or cloth because it made her nervous. The phone line was silent for a moment. The father, who was talking to the babysitter at the time, obviously said take the children and get out of the house we'll call the police we don't have a clown statue oh fuck (laughs) so in in this email version i'm gonna keep reading it it says it turned out to be that the clown was a killer that escaped from jail and that the children and the babysitter both got murdered Oh. But there's other versions where the babysitter leaves and goes to a neighbor and comes back and the children are murdered. Uh, there's different versions. The version that I first heard of that story, it was uh, a little person clown. Well, it never says what size. The yeah, that's that's what I had heard, though. It was like, I think it's always supposed to be like a yeah. not a huge. Yeah. Normal. Like not nor- not. That's not right. Not a. <sighs> Like, not like a six foot whatever. Right, right. But then at the end of this email, this is where it's so great because it's so the chain email shit that we used to deal with. Y'all got lucky. Y'all just got memes. We used to have so much dumb shit. If you don't repost 10 peeps, yes, double E. P E E P S for you children, that was people, peeps. If you don't re- if you don't repost to 10 peeps within 5 minutes, the clown will be standing next to your bed at 3 a.m. with a knife in his hand. We used to have to threaten murder to go viral. <laughs> you understand? 
Now you just eat a Tide Pod. Oh. Like, shit is so much different. Oh, no. That's Our Tide so didn't bad. even come in pods. It was just loose in a bottle. You had to drink it like a normal person. We didn't have the option. <laughs> we didn't even get to chew. Ours didn't even we look had to delicious. Do shots of Tide. <laughs> <laughs> Line them up, bro. Saw. Let's get fucked up. Oh, my God. I got to clean so. up my insides. <laughs> um, it's obviously an urban legend. But obviously it's one that was probably inspired by real life events that I think a lot of us true crime people know about mm-hmm. that happened from the 1970s and 80s and later best known as John Wayne Gacy, which I've touched on yeah. in uh, my last meals. Yeah. Creepy fuck. Maybe the very first episode, I guess. I think it was the very first. Uh, which Go on back if you and don't know, during the mid 1970s, he murdered 33 young men and buried their bodies under his Chicago home. And the media christened him as the killer clown because he was known for hosting neighborhood parties at which he dressed up as Pogo the Clown. Also, this man single handedly ruined clowns. Yeah, single handedly. And McDonald's. Huh? Fuck Ronald. You don't McDonald's. see you don't see Ronald. Fucking scary. I don't man. remember the last time I saw Ronald. They don't use him in the marketing anymore. Good. It's just uh, ba, 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 ba. I hate clowns. <laughs> I want a burrito now. A breakfast burrito. Oh my god. So it was probably Gacy and that case that probably sparked a wave of a phantom clown mm-hmm, sighting and mm-hmm. shit. But um but the phenomenon as documented by Lauren Coleman in quote, Mysterious America, Boston, Faber and Faber, 1983, originated in Boston with unconfirmed reports of men dressed as clowns trying to lure children into vans. Eventually, sightings were reported in 10 other states, and in 1990, a West Palm Beach, Florida woman was shot and killed on her doorstep by a clown sporting a bright orange wig. Man. It's also possible that these clown legends were inspired by popular horror films and books. As we know, the 1982 movie Poltergeist, which mm. contained that fucking super creepy scene where the clown like like at the kid. I've not seen Poltergeist in 20 years. They're not even the updated one with nope. uh, our Certainly boy. Not. Certainly not. Uh, what's the dude we love? I don't know. What's his name? Sam Rockwell. Oh, Sam Rockwell. Yeah. He's yes. in the new Poltergeist, which I did not like, but. He's a, he's the goat. I love that guy. Also, Stephen King's It. Hiya, Georgie. With, yeah, Pennywise. Hiya, Georgie. And even some demonic clowns in uh, the 1988 cult film Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Oh, also the motherfucking Joker dog. I'm yeah, certain he's that not that's. Like- yeah. It, it, no, you're probably right. Like the clown, like the makeup is definitely he's, a he's, creepy sort of. He's moved so far. I'm also so excited for that Joaquin Phoenix's yeah. Joker movie. It's going to be so good. But to finish this little thing out, there was like a quote from a study of authors that said, quote, we found that clowns are universally disliked by children. Some found them frightening and unknowable. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, fuck yeah. I fucking hate clowns. The first time I saw a clown, it was like wearing a mask. It was in England. It was at this circus. And it was like wearing a mask and this crazy suit, but his hands were normal. Everything else was different. And I couldn't get past the fact that he just he didn't have normal. The only thing he had was normal hands. Normal hands? What yeah. Like like he he, was, did, he didn't he, have gloves on? No, it was just like super fucking clown shit. Reggie hands. Ew. It was freaky, man. He put it on my shoulder. I was real. Ew. I was tripped out. I've had, a, I've had a, an aversion from him since I'm four years old. I don't. I don't just. 
Yeah. And They're I, not funny. Clowns are over. Like, clowns like, are just not a thing anymore. Even if you look at, like... It's like J.C. JCPenney's. Gen- <laughs> Jesus. Even if you just look at, like, a clown that's genuinely like, Hong Kong, I'm yeah. funny. You're not. It's not. No. Bozo fucking scares the shit out of me. And that He's was a, a scariest, kid show. He's the scariest one of all. Like, whenever we go to those, like... Honestly, when was the last time you saw Ronald McDonald in, like, a, a McDonald's commercial? Like, 10 years. Easy. But still, the Ronald McDonald house or whatever right sure yeah there's got to be like a fucking conspiracy urban legend shit about that motherfucker he's they didn't even try with his makeup like he's he's creepy super spooky yeah Yeah. no but even remember bozo like he had a show Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and whenever i would go to those like places with the games like chuck e cheese or whatever they always had the bozo game and i was he's fucking creepy killed the clown industry yeah. Like, there's no part of me that is like, that. oh, my God, that clown really got me. He's so funny. <laughs> he took a pie to the face. Like, genius. Yeah, that's all they do. They don't even, like, do anything funny. It's oh, my God, shit. we're going to get, like, haunted by clowns. Yeah. I can't. Sorry, clowns. So let's just end that shit yeah. Yeah. right now. I'm almost out of claws, so. We Stop calling them claws. Well, there's a clause in the agreement. I have to mention it, like, three oh or four God. different... <laughs> The white claws he's drinking. Anyway. Solid. So I found this story that we're going to end on. Yeah. Well, almost end on because I have to, I got to do my You get to do story. your little outro news. Yeah, but we're going to end on this little urban legend story and we're going to read it together because bet, why bet, not? Bet. Yeah. Oh, do I go first? You go first. Hell yeah, dude. So One, here we go. This is a story, story time, guys. I'm going to do it in my reading voice. One day, a boy was sitting in his classroom in school. He was extremely bored and was waiting for the school bell to ring. When he looked out the window, something caught his eye. There was a photograph lying on the grass outside. When school was over, he ran outside and picked up the photograph before anyone else had a chance to see it. Turning it over in his hands, he realized it was a picture of an incredibly beautiful girl. She was wearing a white top, a short black skirt, black tights, and black shoes. Sounds hot. For some reason, she was holding up two fingers, like a peace sign. Sorted. The girl was so pretty that he wanted to meet her. He showed the photograph to everyone in the school and asked if they knew her. Unfortunately, nobody recognized her. That night, when he went to bed, he placed the photo on his bedside table and went to sleep. Around midnight, he woke up. There was something tapping on his window. Then he heard what sounded like someone giggling. More than a little frightened, he worked up the courage to investigate it. He jumped out of the bed, went over to the window, and opened it. There was nothing there. The next day, he showed the photo to his friends and neighbors and asked if they knew the mysterious girl. Everybody he asked said they had never seen the girl before in their lives. That night, as he lay in bed, he heard the tapping sound again. He looked out the window and could just make out a figure standing on the other side of the street. He couldn't be sure but it looked like the mysterious girl in the photograph. Clutching the picture tightly, he threw on his clothes and raced downstairs and out the front door. As he crossed the road, he forgot to look both ways and was suddenly hit by a car. (gasps) The driver got out of the car and ran over to help the boy, but it was no use. The boy had been killed on impact. The driver noticed something clutched in the boy's hand. It was a photograph. Turning it over in his hands, the driver realized it was a picture of an incredibly beautiful girl. She was wearing a black top, a short black skirt, black tights, and black shoes. For some reason, she was holding up three fingers. Oh, shit! 
And that's where we'll end our episode. That's where we're going to end our urban legends. Yeah. Our stories are creepy the stories, tales. Yes, creepy stories telling the dark about things that maybe maybe happened. Let us know what you thought about this collab. All of it, yeah. Stuff. And yeah. then I'm going to quickly end with my... Shit. I'm going to quickly end with my out, outro story. Let's get it. Right? Let's get it. Yeah, let's do it. We also want to kind of maybe try to end on like lighter notes. Even though this one wasn't like super heavy because it's a lot of urban legends. Right. But, but y'all y'all listen to this show. It's pretty, it's pretty dark sometimes. Yeah. Um, so earlier in this month, Tiffany O'Brien was flying from Quebec City when she fell asleep reading her book on a 90-minute flight. Whoops. She said she woke up hours after her flight landed, still strapped into her seat in freezing cold and pitch black surroundings. What? So hours after her Air Canada flight landed, she was... She woke up to find herself locked in a cold, dark, and empty fucking plane. No. Yeah. She, panicking, woke up and texted her friend saying, I just woke up alone in my plane. Her friend tried calling her through FaceTime, which then her phone died. Oh, no. She scrambled to find a USB port or charger or something to put up, you know, charge her phone. Sure. But nothing was working because the plane was turned off and completely dark and just obviously nothing was working. Oh, no. She said, quote, it's just a sheer sense of like helplessness when you feel like you're locked on this aircraft and you have no connection to the outside world. Um, She apparently then made her way to the cockpit where she found a walkie-talkie, which she unsuccessfully tried to operate. And then she eventually found a flashlight that she used to motion for help outside the windows where she eventually found the door. So she opens the door of this plane. She's fucking been left on this goddamn plane. What the fuck? Over, like, she's been left on the fucking plane. That's crazy. They turned it off, pieced out, left her in, parked in the plane asleep. Hey, Barry, make sure everybody's off the plane. It, it was yeah, a everybody's nine, off the plane. It was a 90-minute flight, okay? Ah. Uh. So she ends up finally finding the door. She says, quote, I'm so scared that I'm going to touch something that's wrong, but I knew that I had to do something. So then, you know, she finds the flashlight, whatever. She says this was, like, the best moment ever when she found this flashlight. She faced this fucking obvious dilemma of the fact that there was no fucking landing thing connected to yeah. the plane. So she she's opens super the, high up. She opens the door and she's fucking 50 foot up from the pavement in the dark. Uh, uh dude. So she ends up like t- sticking her legs out the door and like flashing her flashlight and like dangling her legs out of the, you know, door until she finally got an attention of a, an employee who was driving one of like the l- luggage carts around uh-huh. the ground and like saw her and was like what the fuck are you doing up there and she was like yeah why the fuck am i up here and like they obviously end up getting her down and there hasn't i mean whoa lawsuit out the oh, ass but can made. you fucking believe that how do you get left on the plane they obviously didn't <laughs> do their like sweeps they were like everybody's clearly off i mean it was a 90 minute flight and they this did- is my third she fucking have- layover i'm I mean, over she must it. have been in like the back of the plane or something but still how do you not do a sweep and then like they just emptied the plane and she finds herself on it by herself dark turned on the, off on the bright side she got some good sleep 
you know, she woke up well. Well, rested. now you say that, and now in that article later on, she's like, "I can't fucking sleep now because I'm like PTSD and I'm traumatized." Oh, no. So, oh no, that was our last good night of sleep. <laughs> oh, bummer. but I could not fucking believe that when I read that. And it was this year. <laughs> it was like not long ago. Like, good thing she was July or something. Like. I, my my dumbass, I woke up like half drunk. Like, what are we doing? Start flying the plane. Just like, <laughs> oh, take off. Where's my keys? <laughs> I got somewhere I would have raided the shit out of that wine I'm bar. I'm telling you, I'd have hit the mini bar so hard. I know. Canada, do they serve booze on, on planes? They serve weed on planes in Canada. <laughs> <I don't. laughs> okay, well, that's my story to finish it off to have a little happy... Well, it's not really happening. It was, it was terrifying, kind of actually. She was locked in a 50-foot-tall coffin. <laughs> no power. Oh. Well, I'm glad she's okay. Let everybody... Because, see, everybody... no, I would have been, like, half drunk and, like, opened the door and flopped out of it. And just somebody would have found me then on the Then you would have died. Yeah, exactly. Fell 50 feet. And you, no. Yeah, no. Yeah, to just calm. just open it up instead of, like, Scooby-Dooby style. No, it's you cool. I found the door. Off. Oh no, I'm cool. I got the door. <laughs> it's dark. I would have it's fine. Definitely try to find the inflatable slide. Oh shit! Yeah. I mean, like that's all I could do. There's I had a bu- to. Aren't there like fl- uh, yeah, like there's like there's like rafts and stuff on planes, right? Yeah, but a raft isn't gonna do you any good when there's no water. But you, if you seen that? The- you saw that? Indi- we watched that Indiana Jones the other day. <laughs> Where he fucking they float down from the plane. Don't even go. Nobody little- even gets a bruise. You're right. 2,000 feet up, they jump out in a fucking raft. I think it even Four people that. in it. Yeah. If y'all don't know, there's an, just go watch Watch all the Indiana Jones, their gems. Anyway, thank you guys so much for listening to We Drink and We Know Things. Let us know what you think about our Episode. pre-story in <laughs> stories if you want us yeah. to continue to do that. I think we want to. I think it's a thing we want to do. If you have a advice on what we should call it. Because pre-stories and out-stories needs work. In and, the old in and out. Man, anyway, uh, we tried. Hopefully you guys like this. Yeah, man. I think it was combo cool. combo story, guys. And we'll see you guys for episode 31. See you next time, folks. Okay. Bye. <laughs>